This morning, we, we're going to start our series on vision and values. It's important for us to know where we're going as a church, and it's just as important to know how we will be getting there. Our vision sets the course for, for how we'll be part of the mission that God has called us to. Our, our mission doesn't change, right? Go into all the world, baptizing, making disciples. That's the last thing that Jesus said to his disciples. It's the last thing he said to us. We call it the Great Commission. We see that in Matthew 28, the very end of Matthew 28 there. Go in and make disciples. That's, that's the thing. That's what we're doing. That doesn't change. God's mission that he has called his church to, that, that includes each of us who profess him as Lord and Savior, the mission that he has called us to does not change. But the context in which we live, in which we seek to join God in his mission, all of that does change. The world around us is constantly in flux, constantly changing and growing. We're constantly having to adapt like when young children just start throwing up in the beginning of the service and you don't really know how to adjust and, and, and adapt to that. And so the, the leadership here at Calvary, we, we've decided to come up with a vision statement that, that seeks to give us direction in the current context of our mission here in Bergenfield. And then underneath the vision, we have values, and the values do not change, but they are pillars on which the vision rests. The vision tells us what we are looking to do, and the values tell us who we are looking to be. And who we, are, who we are necessarily needs to support what we are looking to do. So, today we start this series on our vision statement, or with our vision statement, we are a church being used by God to connect the disconnected to Him. We are a church being used by God to connect the disconnected to Him. We find the basis for this statement in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. We'll be looking at verses 16 to 21. If you have your Bibles with you, I encourage you to read along. And if not, the words will be up on the screen behind me. We read the word of the Lord together. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 16 to 21. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. That God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you, on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Thus ends the reading. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word, for your word is truth. God, I pray that you would speak through your word this morning, that you would perform the miracle that feeds our souls. We pray this in your name. Amen. This past spring, I coached a Little League baseball team here in Bergenfield. I use the term coached pretty loosely. Uh, I was technically the person in charge of the team, but there were others who contributed a lot more to the knowledge and skill of the, of the young guys on the team than I did. That said, it was a, it was a wonderful experience, and, and I like to think that I left a mark on the lives of those young men. It was a little rough at first, though. You see, these, these kids were just coming out of almost a year of very limited social interactions. 
Most of them had only really spent time with people within their close family circles for a year. They had, they'd been isolated. They'd not had in-person contact with peers, with, with other kids their age, for pretty much a calendar year. They felt very disconnected. Many of the parents signed their kids up for baseball for the first time because they wanted to find a way to help their kids get outside and to be with others. They, they wanted to find a way to help their kids connect, and baseball seemed like a good way to do that. Like the kids walking onto the practice field for the first time, have, have any of you ever felt separated from others? Have we felt disconnected? For many of us, that happens like it did for the kids on my baseball team. We were all disconnected by the pandemic, right? But we, we also know that it doesn't take a pandemic to make people feel disconnected. Change brings disconnection. That doesn't mean that change is bad, but it, it can mean that change is hard. Changing schools, changing houses, changing jobs, changing the way that we do church, changing addresses. Anyone who has moved from, from uh, far enough from our support groups, from our, our friends, our families, any, anyone who's moved to a different country or, or a different state, or in some cases a different city, but, but far enough that our support groups aren't able to support us in the ways that they once did, knows what it's like to feel disconnected. Trying to navigate new streets, right? Building relationships with people from different cultures, figuring out which aisle the food you like is on in the grocery store. Deciphering the local language, the accents, the words used in the area you now live. Big, big debate that I'm now beginning to have with my kids is the difference between pop and soda. You guys all call pop soda. I've always called it pop. Like, that's what I always knew. And so you, you go different places. You learn different lingo. People have different words. You're like, what are you talking about? I don't even know what that is. Soda. It's crazy. Karen's like, we'll start calling it soda pop. And I'm like, it's not the 50s, hon. We can't do that. That's not a, that's not a thing. We're not, we're not going there. And, you know, we don't have to move to feel disconnected. We can have lived in the same place our whole lives, and that place around us can be what changes. And as new people move in and the culture around us isn't what it used to be, we can feel disconnected in that way as well. And we see this, and we feel this here in Bergenfield. We have people moving into our city from all over. Some are coming from overseas. Some are coming from New York. Some are coming from towns 20 to 30 minutes away, but there are a lot of different people moving here, and so there are a lot of people in our community that are wrestling with feeling disconnected and looking for a place to belong. And then there are those that have lived here their whole lives, and they are seeing all these new people coming in, and they are seeing the town that they grew up in change around them, and they don't really feel like they fully belong anymore. And again, the feelings of being disconnected begin to set in. Each of us can relate to feeling disconnected to the world around us, the physical world that we can, we can touch and, and we can see and smell and hear. We can each relate to feeling disconnected in the relational and spiritual worlds as well, can't we? That's a world that's a bit harder to talk about. That, that, that's a world where it's not as fun to be vulnerable or to let others know that, that we can relate to their struggles, their feelings of, of dis disconnection. But just because these areas are hard doesn't mean we should move past them, for these are the struggles that we all share. The sin in our lives, our flaws, our mistakes, our pride, our guilt, our shame, the darkness that we struggle against and yet still fall into breeds the deepest disconnection in our lives. Sin divides husband and wife. 
It attacks friendships. It puts up walls and chasms between brothers and sisters inside the church and outside of it. Added to that, the shame and the guilt keeps us separated. How, how can I be expected to forgive this sin that has been done against me, we ask? How, how can my sin be forgiven? How could I ever be accepted into respectable society if anyone knew that I had done this or that I had thought that? How many times have I heard the joke about when a non-Christian or a known sinner were to enter a church building and they glance quickly to the sky in fear of the Lord smiting them? Because of their sin, they feel like they don't belong. They feel out of place. They feel awkward. They feel disconnected. Not just from people, but from God. And as sad as that is, for there's no one that loves them more, no one more ready to forgive them, it's not just the non-Christians that feel this, is it? We Christians also wonder sometimes if we belong in God's family because of what we have thought or what we have done. We Christians also can feel disconnected from the church body and from God because of the sin we have committed, the sin that we have given into, that we have fallen into. Would our brothers and sisters accept us if they truly knew? Would God? And that's hard. It's really, really hard and, and awkward. It was awkward at those first baseball practices as well. Everyone's wearing masks, and it's hard to know how to pronounce, even pronounce names, much less recognize uh, body language and facial cues. But communication wasn't even the biggest hurdle we had to overcome in the beginning of the season. The biggest hurdle we had to overcome was the disconnection that the kids had grown accustomed to. They wanted to make friends. They wanted to play with other kids. They wanted to get out of their circles and, and connect with others. But when the time came, when they were putting on our gloves and, and warming up our bats, many of the kids, if not all of them, began to experience pretty strong feelings of social anxiety. I had kids just stop showing up at some of the practices. And then I get a call from a father letting me know that the anxiety, the fear of, of connecting with others was too much and they needed a break and they might just even have to quit the team. As a coach, that was, that was hard to hear. I'd come to care quite a bit about each of these kids. I, I wanted them to feel comfortable on my team. I, I wanted them to feel like they belonged. I didn't want them to, to fear connection, especially not connection with me. And if I had that feeling after a few weeks of being involved in the lives of these kids, imagine how much greater that feeling is for God towards those that are disconnected from him. Those that know him and are scared to connect with him deeper because then he would know more of the sin that they are so desperate to hide. And those that have never had a relationship with him and that are overcome with anxiety at the thought of coming to church and being part of the family of God. God's desire is to connect with all people. He desires to connect deeper with those who already trust in him and he desires to connect, period, with those who have yet to trust in him. And he is calling his church, every church, our church, to be used in his mission to connect to all people. Let's look again at our text this morning. So from now on, we regard no one from a worldly point of view. Though we once regarded Christ in this way, we do so no longer. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come. The old has gone. The new is here. 
All of those things that, that disconnected us from other people, all of the sin that, that seems to get in the way, all of that worldliness that makes us wary or nervous, yet we aren't supposed to pay attention to that. It's not supposed to inform our opinion of anyone anymore. No longer do we regard, look at, judge anyone in that way. For Christ has given us new glasses. Let us see people the way that God sees people. Let us see ourselves in the way that God sees us. For all of us who are in the church, all of us who are Christians, do not forget how God sees you. In Christ you are a new creation. The old has gone. The new has come. Do not let the sins of your life disconnect you from God. From the one who is longing to forgive you. The old has gone. The new has come. And all because of what Christ has done. What has he done? Glad you asked. Paul continues, All this is from God who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting people's sins against them, and he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. So what has he done? Christ has connected the disconnected. God has reconciled us to himself, brought us back into relationship with himself. He has connected the disconnected through Jesus Christ, his son. For it was Jesus Christ, the son of God, the holy one, the perfect one, who came down to earth and lived amongst all of us dirty disconnecteds. He lived among us, he ate with us and drank with us. He loved us in ways that we can't begin to fathom. And that love for us eventually brought him up the hill to Calvary with the cursed tree upon his shoulders. And there at the place called the skull, he was nailed to that cross. And there on that tree, he became sin for us. All of the sin that had disconnected us from God, it was put on Jesus. He took it. He became sin for us. And there on that cross, he died for the sin that was not his, but was ours. And in so doing, he paid the price that we could never hope to pay. But he did not stay dead. For three days later, he rose from the dead. And in so doing, he defeated sin and death so that all who believe in him, all who rest in the faith that they have been given, all who trust in Jesus Christ would be reconciled to God. For Christ took the dirty rags of our sin, and in their place, we were given the righteousness of Christ. And because of that gift... We can be in relationship with him. Because of Christ and our faith in him, our sins are not counted against us and we are connected to God. For that which disconnected us has been taken away. What a fantastic truth for each and every one of us. And church, as we continue to read, it doesn't end there, does it? For we've been given the message of reconciliation. God has given us the good news of Jesus Christ and he is calling us to join him in his mission to connect the disconnected to himself. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, we read in our text this morning, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God, God who made him who had no sin to be sin for us so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Hey, Christian, I don't care if you feel worthy. I don't care if you feel ready. You are an ambassador for Christ. 
And God is calling you to join him in his mission. He is calling you to be a part of what he is doing, not just here at Calvary and in Bergenfield, but wherever you might be and wherever he will bring you. And though you may not feel worthy or ready, that's okay. Because God is the one who will be doing the work through you. He is the one who will be making his appeal through you. It's not about you. You can't mess up the mission. And and honestly, you can never be truly ready to join it. I spent years in school studying and preparing, and I totally get curveballs that I don't have any ability to hit thrown my way. Like when my kid starts throwing up in the middle of the service at the beginning of the church. I don't know what to do with that. That's totally different. Or, or maybe I'm meeting someone, and I don't really know them from wherever, but they want to talk, and now, now we're having a conversation. And I'm not ready for that. Like, I don't know how to prepare for some of the real-life situations that we just get thrown into, but that's just how it works, man. And so I'm incredibly thankful that I don't have to rest in my own ability. I don't have to rest in my own talents or my own fears. I'm not held back by the the shortcomings that I have because it's God doing the work through me. I can rest in God's ability. And the same is true for you. God will be the one doing the work through you. He will be the one growing you and changing you and stretching you and using you in the mission, the ministry that he has called you to. And there are times that each of us will strike out at the plate. Goodness knows I have. You've all had to deal with me for like four plus years now. You know that I've had my my whiffs in the batter's box. I'm not fooling anybody up here. But that does not mean that God has abandoned me. It certainly doesn't mean that he has stopped using me. He hasn't put me on the bench and and gone to someone with a better swing than I have. And the same is true for you. We just spent months working through the story of Joseph, so we know that God can use all phases of life when we're feeling great and we're mashing home runs and when we're feeling down and we're whiffing at every ball that comes our way. God can use us, and he does use us, and he longs to use us despite our flaws and our insecurities. For as we know in our weaknesses we are strong, for it is God's strength and his purpose that shines through. This past year coaching Little League was awesome. We had a really fun season. It was so fulfilling to see these kids, these boys come together, working together according to their different strengths in order to accomplish the goals that we set out as a team. And you know, we didn't accomplish everything we wanted to. We didn't walk away from the season with the gold trophy. We left some plays on the field. We didn't always play up to our potential, but we grew as a team. And we grew individually as coaches and as players. We had a great time together. It was a wonderful season. I don't know what season you are in in your journey of faith. I don't know how he is going to use you in his mission. I don't know... Or what I do know is that it won't always be easy. I do know that it will often be hard, but I also know that God has fantastic plans for you. He is invested in you. He is pushing you and growing you. And he is continuing to prepare you for the call to mission that he has placed in your life. The call that he has given every believer. The call to be an ambassador for Christ. The call to connect the disconnected to him. And I don't know what God's plan is for the ministry of Calvary Church in Bergenfield, New Jersey. I can't see into the future. 
But I'm excited for this season as we together join him in his mission to bring about his kingdom. It's going to be a wild ride. We'll lose some games that we should have won. We'll, we'll win some games we had no business winning. God is going to do some awesome things through this church and through the people that God is bringing to this church. Some of us a long time ago, some of us fairly recently, and some that none of us have yet met. And I can't wait to see what those things are. There's a lot that I don't know, but there are some things that I do know. And what I do know is that God is using us to connect the disconnected to him. This is the vision that God has given us as a church, and God will use us. He will use those who feel unqualified to even be part of the vision. He will use those who don't feel like we're skilled or talented enough or even passionate enough. He will use each and every one of us broken sinners for his glorious purpose. Calvary, this is our vision because this is God's vision. He's laid it out right here in 2 Corinthians. So as we go today, as we set out once more on the mission that God has called us to, following the vision that he has given us, please let us remember that this vision applies to us as well. When we feel disconnected, when our sin seems so embarrassing and so great, let us remember the God who loves us, the God who has forgiven us and who forgives, the God who has reconciled us to himself through the death of his Son. Let us remember that the promises that we proclaim to our neighbor are true for us as well. What a fantastic, wonderful, loving, and gracious God we serve. Amen.